MSNBC's Alonzo Duralde says this movie plays like Ingmar Bergman's Wild Strawberries, reimagined as an uninspired sitcom and travelogue. Amy Biancoli says not every film about death needs a bald Swede and a game of chess. Sometimes the skydiving is enough. And Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times has this urgent message for hospitals. Do not make the DVD available to your patients. There may be an outbreak of bedpans thrown at TV screens. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of the bucket list. Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. I, I, is that your Morgan Freeman? It's, it, that's a tough I, I'm one. Gl- I'm glad you reckon. I was, you know, at a certain point I decided I can't get the voice. Maybe I can get right. the tone. So yeah, I got it. I got what you were going for. Oh, thank you. That's validating. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, everyone. Welcome to Ruined Childhoods, episode 105. Yeah. Yes. 100, yeah. Our 105th discussion of a movie. Yeah, and I want to circle back to episode 104 and mention just a little a little something about Gabriel over the White House that uh, occurred to me not until uh, after we had recorded, but uh, for anybody that did not listen to our last episode, we covered a movie that uh, featured the very first fictional president on screen. It's called Gabriel over the White House, and it's about this president who's kind of like a you know, a do-nothing politician just there to please the party, and then it gets into a near-death, actually most-death experience, and the angel Gabriel takes over his body and... Uh, allegedly. Solve, alle- yeah, solves world peace. Well, I don't know if there really isn't allegedly, because it shows his like body transform a little bit and with weird, you know editing tricks and stuff and then as soon as he signs the thing he keels over dead anyway he's totally being weakened at bernie's by an angel that's oh, all I yeah well say. i guess yeah if, if you really take that uh it, you know if you really take that literally and and to heart yeah no he's totally being weekend 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 at bernie's yeah, we not weekended I, at Bernie's, but no. weekend at Bernie's. Yes, no, that's all um, I had to say. That's all I had to say. Okay, yeah, I, I, um, so I, I really don't have anything to follow up with. Uh, only than to say, uh, other than to say, Gabriel over the White House is one of those movies that has stuck with me, and it's like yeah. a lot of the images from it. Have not left my head, particularly the uh, I almost said Neil Diamond, Nick Diamond, uh, oh, yeah. uh, trial and and execution. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm a tad bit under the weather this this week. Oh, uh, no. so just no, I think just a little worn out. A lot of a lot of yapping, a lot of yapping. So uh, well, I guess I'll just have to you know carry the load for the carry the load of the this full bucket. No. Uh, fear not. No, I'm just, if I sound a little, 
I, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I know something that's I know something that's going to get you pepped up. I want to talk about this news about Edgar Wright directing a uh, Running Man remake. Well, yeah, and that's you know where I thought you were going with. I want to go back was like a lot of the movies that we've talked about. Yeah. There's been news about various remakes, reboots, prequels, sequels from. I doubt this we past would have. Week. I doubt we would have suggested Edgar Wright for the Running Man, but I. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited I, about it. I, I feel will, like I'm really excited to hear or see how he interprets the Richard Bachman classic. Yeah, you don't. When these remakes happen. And all due respect to the to the filmmakers who made some of the remakes that I'm going to reference, but uh-huh. usually when these remakes happen, they're not being done by a director. I would say of the uh, pedigree or reputation, really, of Edgar Wright, someone yeah. who ha- has like skillfully experimented. An auteur, yes. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's a much better way of putting it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Edgar Wright is also someone who's, I think he's a go-to for us because he's kind of, he's proven himself in every genre. And That's even true, though yeah. most of his films are comedic, he's, uh, you know, elements of horror in Shaun of the Dead, elements of uh, action in Hot Fuzz, elements And of- Baby Driver. And, and oh, well, definitely, definitely. Well, Baby Driver, Baby Driver, I would actually call, I would say, is an action movie. Yeah. Whereas other, I mean, Scott Pilgrim has some great action in it as well. Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim, yeah, defies book genre. Movie. And I think you yeah. could also consider the first Ant Man movie very much an Edgar Wright movie, even though he didn't end up fin- like directing and, and writing everything. Imagine- but he's got his fingerprints all over it. Well, yeah, yeah, he was, you know, that that was going to be uh going to be his project. And I would also point to the uh BBC series Spaced, which is phenomenal. Right, but also you're talking about the different all the different genres. He just tackled documentary with his uh new documentary about the the group Sparks. Oh, yeah. Which was I just at Sundance. I'm excited to see that. So yes, yeah. So and and that and and that kind of ties back to our director that we're talking about today, who also has masterfully uh, absolutely from genre to genre. But getting back to the Running Man sequel, like so, I had re- I recently finally watched the Total Recall remake, which I I suppose it was meant to. It was one of those where I I feel like when they remake adaptations of books. The remake is always sold on, oh, it's going to be more true to the more novel. Faithful. We're going to go yeah. back. It could be more faithful to the novel, which, I mean, I read the short story. The short story that Total Recall is based on is indeed very short. Mm. And it's so a flip book. all of the movies, I mean, there's not enough to really get a good flip out of even. <laughs> uh, no, it's a very short story and it leaves a lot to the imagination and i felt that as much as i enjoy len wiseman as an action director um i love live for your die Mm -hmm. hard his total recall was just kind of by the numbers where the original total recall it it stands out it is bold and the total recall remake kind of blends in same with the robocop remake uh yeah yeah 
I think that kind the of... Total Recall remake and the Robocop remake have a lot of... It's like a, a very similar vibe. Uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, watchable. the Total Recall remake I thought was fine. Exactly. I was okay but that, with it. Say, same thing with the RoboCop remake. I thought it was fine. It was elevated yeah. by the n- numerous like actors that I love in it, like Samuel L. Jackson, Michael yeah. Keaton, um, oh who uh, Gary God, Oldman. I forgot Michael Keaton was in that. Wow, yeah. I forgot they were in that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a forgettable movie. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it, the original is most certainly not. And I, you know, you you also have an an auteur uh, in Paul Verhoeven doing, yes. you know, RoboCop in, in Total Recall, and however, Paul Michael Glazer, the director of the 1987 Running Man, not mm-hmm. someone I would consider an auteur, though that movie I think has a very um, I don't know about signature style or look because it fits very much in with the type of like sci-fi action films of of the 80s but mm-hmm. the look like the look of the costumes i think was really iconic and those those american yeah. gladiator type villains so oh absolutely yeah so i do think that if that first well, american of all, gladiator go- villains and american gladiators are running man villains Right. They yes. are inspired by that. So, yes. So it, it definitely made its impact. I think that, first of all, if Edgar Wright is doing is is doing this movie, he's doing this movie because he wants to and has right. a good idea. <laughs> so absolutely. And I'm excited to see what I mean, like, honestly, the character in, in the book is not meant to be, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger you know, big and tough and, uh, you know, who, who, I don't know who he, he might cast. And I'm like, I'm like, what about DJ Qualls? What's he up to? Can okay. we get DJ Qualls in there? So from, we're going uh, the exact opposite of from uh, road trip Arnold. Well, true to the novel, you know, grungy. really no, I don't, just Steve a... Buscemi. No, uh, hmm. actually, St- uh, Steve, Buscemi, I would love to see Steve Buscemi in that role, but yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure whatever it's going to be is going to be pretty cool. And yeah, I, I welcome this news with optimism. Yeah. And uh, not to talk more and more and more about things that aren't the bucket list, but what were some of the other ones, uh, news bits about things that we had covered in the past that have come up in the past couple of weeks? Uh, So the Gremlins prequel series the animated gremlins prequel series um which is being produced by hbo max and yeah and so they've announced some more casting for that but apparently it followed yet well i'm just gonna say that reminds me something that we didn't cover in our episode about dave our first in the series of fictional presidents last month is that uh dave I think takes place in the Gremlins verse. Have you? Do you know about this? In you tell? one of okay, in one of the press conference, um, you know, like the press room, press briefing room. Oh. Uh, there is a camera with the Clamp Industries logo on it, and I mean, it's it's probably having to do with Kevin Klein's wife, 
of the Gremlins verse, so Phoebe Cates. So I yes, but that implies that it is it takes place in the in the Gremlins universe. <laughs> I had forgotten to mention that the past few episodes, and it it dawned I, I, on me I, as we're talking about Gremlins. I do remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, specifically so, Gremlins too. Uh, <laughs> I should mention. Which does take place in the Gremlins universe, so uh, absolutely. But, but it is a it's a specific Gremlins two reference. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, uh, but it's got like an impressive cast. The story of this is the it's about the you know the old man who sells the the Mogwai, and it's how right. he I guess comes to to know Gizmo and. Mm. You know, so it's kind of like it's it's almost Gizmo's origin story, but also uh, the the old man, um, I guess, Mr. Mr. Wing. Right. So and we got B.D. Wong. I was going to say, I thought that I heard B.D. Wong being involved with that. Well, B.D. Wong, uh, James Hong. okay, is going to be in it. Uh, Gabrielle Nevaeh Green, uh, Matthew Reese. Oh, I love Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese is awesome. Ming Na Wen. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested. I I'm I'm curious to see where they're going with this, and it's kind of cool that they're going backwards in in the Gremlin yeah. story, rather trying rather than trying like a a, sure. a rehash, um, or at least like rehashing it further back in the timeline. So, yeah. Should be pretty cool. Yeah, that's exciting. So why don't we talk about our movie of the week? Oh, the bucket list. Oh, the bucket list. Yeah. So what we're doing this month is we're covering movies whose titles have entered modern vernacular. Uh, they have they were before these movies came out were either not a thing at all or you know maybe meant something different but were redefined by these movies that came out and the first that we're talking about is the bucket list that was i mean clearly the term kicking the bucket was a um you know a phrase but a a bucket list was the bucket list was coined by this movie directed by Rob Reiner you were mentioning before uh, not by name but yes uh, somebody who's all over the map with the types of movies that he does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we have this movie that I, I doubt that nearly as many pe- people have seen that use the term because this is something that you hear like, okay, at the end of each episode, we play a song to close it out. And there are so many songs about bucket lists it's crazy. I you will not hear one of them at the end of this one. That's a little spoiler. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, to add to what you're saying, though, I think the bucket list is the. I would say one of the two definitive examples of this because this term lives so independently of this movie. And that it is used in so many contexts by people. And you can understand it without seeing the movie. It's it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like something like an I See Dead People where it's kind of like, well, yes, you're referencing the movie. and Totally, totally. There's no context without the movie, whereas with the bucket list, 
it really has taken on, I, I, I guess, ironically, a life of its own. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hugely popular. I, it, you know, probably most people, if you ask them, random people on the street, they would know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, bucket I'm list do a quick, item. It's a bucket yeah, I'm gonna list do, thing. I'm going to yeah. do a little quick synopsis um, because this is one of those movies where to get into the fine details is kind of unimportant. And we'll get into those, uh, you know, as we go along. But here's just a, a brief overview. Two older men from opposite walks of life end up sharing a hospital room after they're each diagnosed with advanced stages of cancer. Carter is a family man with a knack for trivia and automotive repair. Edward is a multi-billionaire who made his fortune in the hospital industry. He has a handful of failed marriages and a strange daughter and a love for cat shit coffee. One day, Edward finds a crumpled up piece of paper on which Carter wrote a list of items under the heading Bucket List, which he learns are things Carter wants to do before he kicks the bucket. As soon as they are in good enough shape, Edward bankrolls a worldwide adventure for them both to cross off all of the items on their now shared list. And Dan, I before we move forward with this movie, okay, well, I'll quickly go over some cast members. So Jack Nicholson is Edward, Morgan Freeman is Carter, uh, Sean Hayes plays uh, Jack Nicholson's assistant, uh, Tommy, whose real name is actually Matthew. Uh, right. which is just a, a funny little thing. Uh, Sean Hayes, who I thought was really great in this, uh, yes. but he's on uh, he's on a different list of mine because he didn't respond to me when I asked him to chat with me for a bit about this movie, but that's a different list altogether. And Sean uh, Hayes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just uh, uh, I, Alex Trebek. <laughs> this is uh, one, of, one of the movies... I was thinking about, like, movies... It'd be fun to do like a, a series of movies on the podcast that feature Jeopardy, and oh, this right. would have been yeah. one of them. White men can't White jump. White men can't I jump. Guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't really think of uh, too many more. There's that episode of Cheers. Anyway, uh, Golden Girls. <laughs> did Golden Girls do Jeopardy? Yeah, there was a uh, dream sequence. I think oh. Dorothy wants to go on Jeopardy, and she go- and in her dream she goes on Jeopardy, and like she loses to Rose. Like Rose keeps oh. getting everything right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, 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 so Dan, I I want to share something with you. I was watching a movie that uh, came out in 2020. Uh, oh. one of the few to actually uh, be shown in theaters before they close down. Bad that Boys actually, for Life. Oh, you would be you would be incorrect. This movie <laughs> has a a subplot about a bucket list, and that movie is Sonic the Hedgehog. I've never sat in a bar stool before. So squishy. Oh, look at this! It spins. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I feel sick. Are you having fun? Now check this off the old bucket list, huh? Big night for you. What's a bucket list? Uh, bucket list is, uh... It's a list of things you want to do in your life before you, well, kick the bucket. I've never kicked a bucket either! Oh, I gotta make my list! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, Sonic! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's the matter? There's so much stuff I've never done. 
And now that I'm leaving Earth forever, I guess I missed my chance. Well, I guess this is the kind of place you could get a lot of living done in a short period of time. I suppose we can spare an hour. What? You're gonna bucket list with me? Sure, why not? You won't regret this. Oh, I'm pretty sure I will. So I didn't you think mu- much of Sonic the first time I laid eyes on him. <laughs> uh, Tiny so, blue hedgehog. <laughs> so, Dan, you, I wish you could have seen the look on my face when I was watching Sonic the Hedgehog because it is now on Hulu and Amazon and Prime Video. Uh-huh. And the the look of joy on my face knowing that we were going to be recording this this week and there's this whole subplot i have another clip pulled i don't know if i'm gonna play it but it <laughs> it comes back they talk and then it's like you know uh sonic asks james marsden's character well what's on your bucket list and whatever and it's it's this whole thing it's like a true subplot like um one of the things on Sonic's bucket list, the uh, the equivalent to kiss the most beautiful girl in the world and the bucket list version is to have a best friend or to make a friend. And like that's, you know, the the ending is spoiler. He says that he's his friend and, you know, crosses uh, it yeah. off the bucket list. So uh, but it was like perfect. Great. Love it. That's so funny. That's hilarious. But yeah, it just proves the point. Like this, mo- and they without, don't mention like, they, they, it. Doesn't sound like they're just, referencing it at all. No, James Marsden doesn't say. Well, in two thousand seven, there was a movie with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson where they do they this don't thing. sit it's on like, top of the. That's just what it is. They don't like sit on the pyramids at some point. You know, Sonic could have, but he he didn't. Or drive race cars. Uh well, you know they. Do go in a car, and there is a car chase sequence, but it is, it is not, uh, and like a a Mustang Shelby on a on a racetrack. It's not. It's not a parody or a tribute. No, no, no. no. I wouldn't say Magnificent. so. Yeah. So wow. uh, you were you were referring uh, to Morgan Freeman's narration, and uh, yeah, it, what, it, it was as soon as the movie because all right, like. You know, we all know the, the the narration from Shawshank Redemption, and it's iconic. Yeah. And it just March of the Penguins, you, March of the Penguins, right? <laughs> like I was trying to yeah. think. Like I know there's like other movies where he does narration or some type of voiceover, and uh, I, I just when I heard it, it just felt like oh, this is when it became a cliche. <laughs> Like, (laughs) this was the one, this was the tipping point. Yeah. I mean, he does have, like, the best voice in Hollywood. He does. He does. And and it might have been that I had recently seen um, another movie. I don't want to go into detail, but I had seen another movie that made some reference to that. Uh, So not specifically to the bucket list, but just like, Mm -hmm. you know, Morgan's voice voice yeah so uh it was it was on the mind but i kind of just like did an eye roll but it's weird because Mm. that the narration like goes away for like the whole like second act of the movie well i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but there is a wonderful 
tip of the hat to Morgan Freeman's voice in the movie Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. And that's why I wasn't being oh. specific. That's what I was well, talking look, about. I'm, I'm just saying there is a nod to it. There is not. I'm not saying anything else. But the way that it is done in that movie is amazing. And I love it. All I will say about that movie before going back to Bucket List is that I have not laughed so hard at a movie in quite a long time. It's all, It's been a long time since I've experienced something where I think so recently afterwards, I wish that I could see that again for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had that experience like... While watching it, I was like, I wish I could watch, like, it wasn't even over. And I was like, I wish I could watch this again for the first time. Yeah, I <laughs> agree completely. Anyway, yeah. getting back to the bucket list. Getting back uh, to the bucket list. So, yeah, let's let's listen to the, fir- the very first yeah. uh, line of the movie spoken by Mr. Morgan Freeman. Edward Perryman Cole died in May. It was a Sunday afternoon. And there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It's difficult to understand the sum of a person's life. Some people will tell you it's measured by the ones left behind. Some believe it can be measured in faith. Some say by love. Other folks say life has no meaning at all. Me? I believe that you measure yourself by the people who measured themselves by you. What I can tell you for sure is that by any measure, Edward Cole lived more in his last days on Earth than most people managed to wring out of a lifetime. I know that when he died, his eyes were closed and his heart was open. Man, Morgan Freeman. Delivering lines the way oh, yeah. Morgan Freeman can. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. I don't, it's not that I don't appreciate it, Yeah, but I just feel like it's become such a, a cliche and, and a joke that uh, <laughs> when I, when I heard it and I was like, this is not parody. Well, let's just be glad that, Seven didn't have narration because, you know, it would have been him. Uh, well, did Driving Miss Daisy have narration? No. No, no. But no, that that would have happened had, I mean, that was the first time I first laid movies. eyes on Daisy Worth and I didn't <laughs> think she was much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, right. So this movie, there's uh, a lot of you know, running motifs. There's the, the can of chock full of nuts, the, um, the difference in, in coffee styles between the two of them. I had mentioned that, uh, Edward is a big fan of the, um, Oh, what is it called? The Cope Lua, uh, coffee, which is the coffee. That's the coffee beans that are processed through like a tree cats poop, um, that he doesn't, know that i i'm surprised because i feel like i knew that doesn't take i didn't a, know a that jeopardy but, I, whiz. but like he had 
all the apparatus for it. And well, he yeah. he had a siphon filter coffee maker in the hospital room in a special like carrying case, which is like that's pretty serious. But uh, it's just knowing what the the Cope Lua coffee beans were, I I got a kick out of out of this little exchange when they're in the hospital. It's mm. called Kopi Luwak. I know what it's called. Never catch me drinking that shit. Have you ever tried it? No. I'm more of an instant coffee man. Yeah, so he knows that it's uh, made of cat shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's fu- and, and, and it's funny when they, when they come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, it is nice to see the the character development between the two of them and, you know, seeing Edward. I mean, Edward pretty quickly has this bond with Carter. And I mean, Edward is somebody who you feel like has never really had a friend. You know, right. he's had people come through his life, uh, but no one's really ever, I don't know, stuck around uh, or well, they kicked like- him out. It seems like he's always just been in such a position of being power in power. Like he said, he's never been sick. Uh, And he's so it feels like he's never really had to rely on anybody. And he's just kind of, you know, been powerful and, and wealthy and been able to do. We don't know exactly like how he, you know, came to be wealthy, or at least I didn't catch that. But I I just I don't know. I, I imagine he climbed the ranks in the hospital industry and found a way to make them uh, more profitable. Yeah. Two beds to a so, room. Yeah, exactly. I run hospitals, not health spas. Two beds to a room. No exceptions. And that's what comes back when he is brought to the hospital. And for PR purposes, he has to be in the room with somebody else. And, uh, you know, even though he doesn't agree with that so much. And that's when he says, you know, it's like, oh, I've never been sick before. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I never realized how crappy the situation could be. But yeah, but yeah he's, he's never it's like the only person he relies on is is Tommy, who. <laughs> He yeah, even yeah, and uh, right. I'm gonna play a quick clip. This is after they go skydiving. Tommy, we live to die another day. How lucky for me! No jokes, Thomas. You remember the will? You're so close. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Uh, is, is, is it Tommy or Thomas? Um, it's actually Matthew, but he finds that too biblical. Let's eat some. Come on. Is he insane? depends <laughs> um, uh, sean hayes is great and, and i like that he's you know not being typecast for this i well i love even like his after i think it's after um edward wakes up from from the surgery and he's he's in the hospital room and the doctor it's like the doctors and tommy there mm-hmm. and, and he's just like tommy tommy in plain sight sir <laughs> Yeah. That, um, and speaking of the doctors, one cast member that we uh, neglected to mention earlier, Rob Morrow, as okay. 
uh, Rob Morrow of Northern Exposure and Quiz Show, who plays Edward's doctor, who at first doesn't give Carter the the time of day until uh, until Edward insists on it and edward's like yeah. no you're you're gonna answer my friend's question here right um i he does that duval impression from apocalypse now at that one point uh when the i love the smell of uh oh yeah yeah i love the smell of napalm in the morning and and he does this great it's like it's such a great character touch because it's like oh you're that guy yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. you're that guy uh, well i didn't realize uh, that that was him it totally didn't even occur to me yeah you know it's uh it's always nice to see him in in things i guess you know i always really like northern exposure it's kind of an underrated show you know i i've been i've always wanted to watch it not always or else i would have watched it when it was on uh so (laughs) in my adult life i've been wanting to watch it but i i haven't had the opportunity i don't know if it's streaming on anything it is just pleasant is it it's kind of I heard like it's weird. Uh, well, it's weird and it's it's like it's weird, but not like not totally like Twin Peaks. It's more like Picket Fences right. weird. So, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, good. so going clip. back to that that clip we just heard, you know, where he uh, finds it too biblical, you know, that really is setting up how this. Well, we know that this movie is just a series of conversations, really, and. Obviously, these people are from very different walks of life, and Carter is a very religious person, and Edward is just like, nope, no thank you to religion. And that's one of the many conversations that they have. Um, That one they have on, like, Edward's private plane that he, you know, they're they're traveling the world on. And, um, yeah, it's... I it's so funny because it's just like this movie is all in these exchanges. It hinges on the chemistry between these two people. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually read somewhere that Morgan Freeman claimed that working with Jack Nicholson was on his bucket list. Uh, So there you go. Yeah, that's that was really my impression was that this was a movie. This was an opportunity to get. It's like, oh, these two people have never been in a movie together. I know. We should yeah. put them in a movie together, and people will like that because we. He's got a great voice, and he's got a great voice, and yeah. we're gonna put them together and let them talk. I also get the impression that Jack Nicholson. I don't know if it's necessarily like believing in the movie, he seems like he's putting himself, he's like really trying to make a good movie with his acting, which I feel like he's not always doing. Sometimes I feel like he's on autopilot. Uh, Sometimes he's an incredible joker. Uh, But this is one where I feel like, you know, it seems like an easy character for him to play. But That's... it really, it, but the thing, like on the surface, it seems like, oh, clearly Jack Nicholson is playing, you know, kind of an asshole who's got a lot of money. And like, how big of a stretch do you think that that really is for him? And then, you know, I, I think that you can really see him, you know, wanting to make this really work. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I would say one of my first notes on his performance here is Melvin Udall from As Good As It Gets. And, uh-huh. and then I thought to myself, oh, with a, like some a little something's got to give. But 
Yeah, he was doing a lot of these kind of roles in that era. Yeah, yeah. and The cantankerous uh, older gentleman Yeah, with which nobody by, in his life. Which, though, by the way, and this is what, like, you should think about Jack Nicholson and, you know, he's kind of, he's pretty much retired from acting. And, yeah. Um, but you think about, like, his post-2000 roles and really great performances and yeah. i mean something something's got to give definitely is up there but about schmidt from about schmidt's great that's I great i don't think i've seen it since the theater but wow i thought in that in that movie i think that was the last movie where i really saw him play a like be a character and yeah become a three-dimensional role well yeah. a different character where he's not yeah. doing the jack nicholson you know the usual the, the you know the jack nicholson yeah. thing because he does that the the charming uh, you know i mean and look he he was doing it back in like i i watched the two jakes recently and uh-huh. you know he's kind of doing it in that <laughs> i watched heartburn recently and he kind of does it in that like he's been yeah it's a very comfortable role for him to be in is this this type of of character but i feel like i I feel like this wasn't a movie that they necessarily did to like you know win awards it was a movie to say like hey this guy seems really like you said it was on morgan freeman's bucket list yeah i yeah and you know I think it's also a matter of like, like as you're saying, Jack Nicholson, you don't see him really acting anymore. I, I think that it's kind of like a, he he knows that he doesn't have very many movies left. I mean, who knows? We'll see. Uh, he's still around, uh, still hanging. But uh, I think that it's also like wanting to do something that, like wanting to make a movie that says something that has a message. Um, and I think that for somebody who's in, you know, later in life, it makes sense to do something like this. That's about, you know, recognizing mortality. Their mortality. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and sorry, this is kind of like an like off topic, but I was curious to know. So in, in watching this movie and, and I coincidentally watched Midnight Run recently, which okay, is another, another let's, just, let's just assume that you've always recently seen Midnight Run. <laughs> it is a very good movie to get work done uh, uh-huh. too, because like I don't need to even see what's happening. So, uh, you know, so Midnight Run was fresh in my mind and, and the conversation, the chemistry between the characters and yeah. it's a different setup, but but same genre the you know the the buddy movie the buddy road movie and Uh in thinking about uh and then i started thinking about other like kind of buddy road movies and thought about rain man and i thought about Mm -hmm. jeopardy in this (laughs) oh because i was like man how i was like how psyched would rain man be to have jeopardy in the bathtub you know yeah oh my god Except yeah, he I love would the, freak out about the bathtub, but that is true. That is true. Yeah, I I, I love a, a movie. I love it when Jeopardy is part of um poor one at Alex Trebek. Uh I love oh, when Jeopardy yeah. is part of the plot line for something. And I gotta say, I mean, if anybody hasn't seen the episode of Cheers where Cliff is on Jeopardy, oh you've got it like the the 
this the categories are like celibacy <laughs> the US Postal Service the US Postal Service it's the funniest it's 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 so it's so freaking good um yeah oh man it's so good so um yeah i mean the thing is like in terms of this being a movie to just like hang out and enjoy on a saturday night it's like it doesn't really have it like it's it's kind of amazing that the the term bucket list caught fire the way that it did because like this isn't a great movie i mean much love to rob reiner yeah you, i love you this is just one of those where it's like you know he has his like great 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 ones and then he's got the ones that just like kind of dip down a little bit and I, I mean, I think that, look, if you like Jack Nicholson, you like Morgan Freeman, this is a great movie to watch. And I don't know, uh, you just you want to just see people in Egypt? Then there you or go. You, you, like, yeah, you want to see them travel and hear them and listen to them talk with their voices. Pontificate. Amazing. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I also, I imagine like Rob Reiner probably, you know, keeps a pretty cool set. Like I would imagine him being fun to totally. work with and uh, but yeah you talk about rob reiner's like huge movies and i i think that maybe because at a certain point his movies just kind of stopped clicking with audiences like yeah. i want to say it was like the ghosts of mississippi was maybe the last one mm. that the american okay. president Right. So the ones that stand out for me from him, and we may have talked about this on maybe our Princess Bride episode, but it's like Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, This is Spinal Tap, um, Misery, I would put up there. Like, those mm-hmm. are the ones that really stick out to a me as good being men. like... A few good men. Wow. Yeah. You know, I forget that That's he... That's the thing when you start I to think... think about Rob Reiner, and it's like, you you well, take... that's a... You I just want to mention one thing. Final tap and, yeah, go ahead. When when you talk about movies like uh, The American President and A Few Good Men, the Aaron Sorkin-ness of all of it kind of takes over and you lose sight of who the director is a lot of the time. Unless, of course, it is Aaron Sorkin himself, in which case, <laughs> easy. Um, or I would suggest David Fincher, uh, Social Network. Right. David Fincher definitely broke through the Aaron Sorkin-ness of that one enough yeah. to, you know, get his, his fingerprints on it. I I would I would agree. I would say that there are definitely some rhinery touches to them, but still it's like Well the thing is, what is what is a rhinery touch? Because he is so all over mm. the map with his genres and styles that, you know, I think that there are so many Rob Reiner movies that I forget are Rob Reiner movies because he can be such a chameleon when playing with different formats and genres. That's a good point. I really can't think of anything, yeah, in in particular that stands out. But but I I mean, that's to his credit because I think about Misery and what a wonderful. Well, and the thing about Misery that's that makes it stand out as a Rob Reiner movie is because you think to yourself, I can't believe this is a Rob Reiner movie. I don't know. I feel like when like watching Misery, you forget it's a Rob Reiner movie. 
Um, which is great because it's so to take another, you know, director who's done a lot of thrillers and Stephen King adaptation, take like Brian De Palma, you know, mm. when you're watching a Brian De Palma movie. Be- yeah. Yeah. You you generally know when you're watching a Brian De Palma movie. There's the angles. There's if Amy Irving is in it, uh, it or have you <laughs> have you seen Phantom of the Paradise? Not yet. Oh my god, Dan! <laughs> Next I don't know time if we'll it's do, streaming. We'll, I don't know if we'll I don't know if we'll cover it on this podcast uh, because it is such an outlier of yeah. a movie. Uh, it's such a specific type of movie that uh, I don't know if we'll cover it, but. You got you got to watch it. I yes, it is. It's on my list. It's on my bucket list. Uh, it's on your bucket list. It's oh on my, my bucket God. list. But yeah. So anyway, so Rob Reiner, uh, Stand by Me. I mean, I keep thinking like, what right, are we missing? What are we missing? Stand by Me, Spinal Tap. I mean, Hot, hot Pursuit was was that was that Rob I'd, Reiner? I don't know. I would say Rob Reiner from that era. You got Rob it Reiner. Is not Rob. Hot Pursuit is Steven Lisberger. Okay. Rob Reiner did another movie. It might have been after Spinal Tap with with uh, John Cusack. And okay, let's just go through driving the, me crazy right now. The directorial filmography, which, man, he's done so much. Uh, okay. So this is Spinal Tap, The Sure Thing. That's what the you're probably sure thinking. The sure thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, that is. So what it I goes. This is Spinal Tap. The sure thing. Stand by me. Princess Bride. When Harry Met Sally. Misery. A few good men. North. The American President. Ghost of Mississippi. Uh, let's see. The story of us. Alex and Emma. Rumor has it. Uh, the bucket list. Flipped. The magic of Belle Isle with Morgan Freeman. And so it goes. Being Charlie. LBJ. Shock and awe. Yeah. So, and he's working on something called the Spy and the Asset. I mean, I would love to see a return to form, a Rob Reiner uh, blockbuster once again. But um, anyway, to to get back to to Rob Reiner, it, um, he was very busy in the '90s, wasn't he? Very busy in the, I mean '80s. Look at Rob Reiner in the 80s and and just like the number of groundbreaking and classic movies, movies that like that kids today, kids that I teach, high school kids know The Princess Bride, know Stand By Me. Um, And they know what a bucket list is. And they they know what a bucket list is, but they probably don't know the movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I I, I do love um, one thing I, I did really enjoy about the script uh the very last line and and there's a couple of like all right so spoiler alert there's some they do some like gimmicky stuff in here that i'm like oh like morgan freeman is narrating this from beyond the grave his character yeah is is spoiler yeah (laughs) yeah he doesn't make it to the end no he doesn't. And you know from the beginning that Nicholson doesn't, but from the fact that Morgan Freeman is narrating, I guess we're supposed to we're supposed to think that okay, he has survived, but uh right. Ed, but Edward has died and it's Edward outlives him, but n- you know, not for long. So, I I I thought that was kind of uh I thought that was a little gimmicky. I didn't know if, if all of the if the narration was necessary. Well, let's listen to it, and I'm going to just 
indicate that this might sound a little familiar, but this is not indeed the first line of the movie. Edward Perryman Cole died in May. It was a Sunday in the afternoon, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. He was 81 years old. Even now, I can't claim to understand the measure of a life. But I can tell you this. I know that when he died, his eyes were closed and his heart was open. And I'm pretty sure he was happy with his final resting place because he was buried on the mountain. And that was against the law. Right. So just a little bit of context uh, on the bucket list is uh, to to witness something truly majestic. And for Morgan Freeman, that is to be on this very particular mountain. uh, And he unfortunately, when they go to that mountain, it is off season and it's like they can't actually go. Otherwise, they'd be caught in like a crazy storm. So uh this is them being on that. Well, they their ashes in cans of old cans of chock full of nuts coffee yeah. are in this little thing on the mountain that uh, Tommy slash Matthew delivers, and then he crosses off. Witness something truly majestic on the bucket list. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty nice. I do like how they kept bringing the list back and how yeah. when when Edward's delivering the eulogy at Carter's funeral. I, I don't know what most people say at these occasions because in all honesty, I, I've tried to avoid them. The simplest thing is... I loved him, and I miss it. Carter and I saw the world together, which is amazing. When you think that only three months ago, we were complete strangers. I hope doesn't sound selfish of me, but the last months of his life were the best months of mine. He saved my life, and he knew it before I did. I'm deeply proud that this man found it worth his while know me in the end I think it's safe to say that we brought some joy to one another's lives so one day when I go to some final resting place if I happen to wake up next to a certain wall with a gate I hope that Carter's there to vouch for me and show me the ropes on the other side. Uh, you make me want to be a better man. <laughs> I feel like that's every 
yeah, that's like after a certain point in Jack Nicholson's career, the second lead in every one of his films was there to make him want to be a better man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and I should also mention that um, he does cross off the kiss the most beautiful girl in the world from his bucket list after he meets his granddaughter, um, which is a very, uh, a very sweet moment. Um, a, it is. A, an, an appropriate way to pull off that, you know, catching up with that one. So I, I don't know. I mean, this movie, I thought he did I'm, it when he banged the flight attendant, but yeah, <laughs> that was, med- that was medicinal. If you yeah. remember, he said. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that this movie, it's like, I'm glad I've seen it so that I, I don't know, because it's just, the the title has made this movie become a, like, you know, cultural landmark in a way. And it's like, deservedly so? I don't really think so, but it just, it just is. But the term is is great and like the idea the term works the concept i mean that's the thing is is i mean the, honestly that's the part of this movie that deserves to live on and remain in the public consciousness yeah i'll do respect to everything else but like you know we, we've got morgan freeman narration in in better movies and we've got cantankerous old rich jack nicholson in better movies so yeah. I think that just that idea of like, these are the things that I want to do before it's too late. And knowing that like, Hey, when the opportunity arises, I, I need to do this. Yeah. Cause you never know when, when it's, when it's going to be too late. Yeah. And Dan, that leads me to a very important question. Mm. Bucket list. Horse, boat, both or neither. <laughs> I was I was so excited for this. You know why? Um, uh, by the way, uh, I, I'm gonna say, def. I'm gonna say definitely boat. Uh, for this, I, I mean, it seems likely that there would be a horse, but I don't know. I don't know that I would want to call a horse bucket list. In 2009. A little Tennessee walking horse named Bucket List was born to I'm a Bell Star and the Buck Starts Here. <laughs> I, I, Bucket List's grandparents are Butterscotch Sunday and Threats Velvet Frost. So there is uh, one horse on the horse registry uh, named Bucket List. Uh, there are... I, uh, geez, how many are there? One, two, three. There's about eighty boats named Bucket List. Well, uh, the, one of them is named Brad's Bucket List. <laughs> <laughs> so I what I what I was intrigued by with a lot of these uh, boats named Bucket List is that they were built. Some were built in like the seventies. But I have to imagine that the names have been changed because when you look at some of them, you can see that their certificate of documentation was were issued like 
January 2021. So I don't know how things work with naming boats, but I get the impression that you could change their names. I wish that it would say what, you know, previous names they had, but uh, such is not the case. But um, bucket list, nay, Jerry Maguire, nay, network. (laughs) Uh, Uh, There's one of them named off our bucket list. Um, One of them is the letter R bucket list. There's bucket lister, bucket list three, a lot of them with with numbers after them. And then there's a lot that are just called bucket list, which is should not be surprising. I'm sure that owning a boat is on many people's bucket lists. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, so yeah, a lot so, of these, their certificate of documentation are are all very recent. Um, reason I got excited, I was actually thinking about this this portion of of the show earlier today in my classes because uh, every every now and again. I do a little warm up. Act- I always have some type of warm up activity. I try to keep it uh-huh. like, you know, fun, light, something to get uh, students talking. And sometimes it's just like an ask me anything. And okay. um, and it's just like, look, you can ask me any ask me anything. Um, choose wisely, because if anything pops up there that shouldn't, I will screenshot it. Uh, and okay. Include that in an email home. And never do this activity again. And one of the questions I got today was, what would you name a boat? Hey, (laughs) that's a great question. I thought, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Uh, there were some great questions. And this one actually took me the entire period to think about because I was like, I don't just want to give like the list of Rune Childhood's movies. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Short. I circuit. would name it. No, that's a bad idea. I did think about Gabriel over the White House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be the only boat with that name. Uh, By yeah, the way, I, well, I oh, what's I up? was gonna, I was going to share my, my I, please, I came up please, with please. three, and be, because I guess traditionally boats are meant to have feminine names. So I went with two movie references, and that would be um, Lillian Oglethorpe and <laughs> one of my um, two favorite L's. Miss and Mrs. Esterhouse, <laughs> Mrs. Esterhouse. <laughs> um, okay, and then, Caddyshack too. And my third thought was Joan Jetty. Mrs. Esther Joan Jetty is good. Uh, Mrs. Esterhouse. I want to see if that is a boat name. If anyone is not familiar, this is the, the uh, pseudonym that Dan Aykroyd gives Robert Stack. In is it Robert Stack who's Mrs. Esterhouse? That is Robert Stack, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, people like to shit on Caddyshack too, but Robert Stack really does give it his Robert all. Robert Stack shows up. Robert Stack he shows does. up to, and he comes to play. He sure uh, does. So I'm spelling it E S T H E R H O U S E. Oh, right you see, you? I would spell it without the first H. E S T E. I know it's Purim. You're thinking Esther, Queen Esther. Uh, well, the name Esther. But no, I, I always thought it was E S T E R H O. O U S E, but there is no, there's nothing spelled that way. This is no, longer. No. We, 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 all right. We, we don't need to. Uh, I feel like we, we're now talking about this longer than we should. Absolutely. When um, we're when we're debating the spelling of Mrs. Esterhouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, let, let's get to the the whole reason we, why we're here, Dan. Yeah. What would you do given the the opportunity to? 
have your way with the bucket list. Oh, to have my way with the bucket list. Oh, um, well, all right. So a couple of options. And first I wanted, cause I was thinking about different ways you could do it. And I mean, yes, it's like, okay, we're going to team up to, you know, septuagenarian actors to, to do this actors or, or actresses. And first, um, I wanted to shout out the, the movie, a walk in the woods, which is actually based on a memoir written by Bill Bryson. Uh, oh, and okay. The the movie stars Robert Redford and Nick Nolte, and they're like two they're estranged old friends, and they hike the Appalachian Trail together. And gotcha. It's a really nice movie, and it's you know uh, Rob uh, Rob Reiner, Robert Redford, <laughs> and and Nick Nolte. It's kind of interesting to see them. Off each other, especially Nick Nolte, like circa 2015. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I was, I was kind of thinking of just different pairings, and I mean, you could do this as a, as a TV series, and like each episode is they're knocking something else off the bucket list. Of course, then you have the inevitable end. Oh, it, it's like that. My name is Earl show where he, uh, yeah. Well, but, I mean, I suppose that's that's well, that's where he's trying to right his wrongs. Yeah. Essentially. So, I mean, well, another thing is like, why do they have to be old? Because young people get, you know, some bad news too. And, and also it's like, why does it have to be that they are on a deadline? What if they have near death experiences and come to realize our time on this earth is limited and we well, need then- to. That should mm-hmm. be Barb and Star's bucket list. That should be the sequel to Barb and Star. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch so, the shit out of that. I would watch Barb and Star go to Walmart. Well, I mean, we see Barb and Star go to Jennifer Convertibles, and it's in- incredible. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I mean, uh, so, and part of the reason why I would st- stick with older actors is because. It, it's partially it's representation and you know like we sure. need, yeah. we you know we want to have stories that appeal to and speak to the experiences of older people and mm-hmm. uh and i was thinking well okay kind of obvious but why don't you know we do it with women instead and sure. i was trying to think of some different pairings and i was like well what a good excuse to to get bet midler and barbara hershey Back together, okay. um, a, a little Beaches reunion, or perhaps Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. Susan Sarandon. I mean, I I hate to say it, but Susan Sarandon, aside from Thelma and Thelma and Louise, has gone off the deep end. Well, uh, yes, yes, she, yes, she has. But, uh, you know, it, it could still work. Uh, another pairing that I was thinking of, I was like, it, it, oh. can, does it does it start with them uh, driving off a cliff and then it freeze frames and it goes, that's us. You're probably wondering how we got here. And then like, <laughs> it, that's part of it. That's an item on their no, bucket list with, is to drive when off When Thelma and Louise went over that cliff, <laughs> they didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, <laughs> no, uh, the other pairing that I thought of was not like a, a repairing, but I guess rather, I guess a, a newer pairing, Alfre Woodard and Kathy Bates. Oh, okay. I was I was trying to think of I was like, all right, who are women who are, you know, older actresses who could and have, you know, other names popped into my head, you know, like Sally Field is always mm. fun. Love and, Sally Field. 
there's just a lot of you know Sally Field, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, soap dish reunion them from soap a soap dish reunion yeah. exactly. Uh, but I was like. If you were really going for like, you know, the heartstrings here, not just going for a gimmicky reunion, Alfrey Woodard is a phenomenal actress who blazed the trail. And I think she kind of like led the way. And of course, like, she, you know, she, of course, was following in the path of of people like, you know, Cicely Tyson. Uh, uh-huh. But also, you know, like a lot of actresses today, I think were inspired by Alfre Woodard or like she's done tremendous work. I think of uh, the John Sayles film, Passion Fish uh, with okay. her and uh, get Mary McDonald, Mary McDonald from Passion Fish and Alfre yeah. Woodard and get them back together. But, you know, I like, does there need to be anything? I, I wouldn't do a musical. Um, no matter how many times just thinking the bucket list came, went through my head. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. The thing is, this movie, it it did what it needed to do. It served its purpose to create a term for this thing that everyone refers to now. This the, these things that we want to do before we die. It gave us that. But uh, and I tried to think of different people that could do this, and I was like, no, I didn't get very far with that because I was just like. No, I. There should not be a, another movie called The Bucket List because it's kind of done its thing. But I do have, and, and it's not like this is a brand new concept to like have people, you know, essentially crossing off the items on a bucket list. But who would I like to see traveling the world? trying to accomplish things they've always wanted to accomplish and become better people. And Dan, those two people are Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. This is mm. another trip movie. The trip oh. to the end. Uh, the trip to the afterlife. Uh, I don't know, but it's... And, you know, I feel like with them, this the wouldn't trip. be the... The bucket The trip. bucket trip. I feel like with them, this wouldn't be them actually approaching near death i think that it would be a situation of like you know one of them gets food poisoning and thinks that they're you know maybe they're off in i don't know portugal and they get food poisoning and they think they're gonna die and then the next day they're just like this could it could the real thing could happen any moment we could you know we have to figure out how to to live life and, and I feel you know. like there's got to be just a running thing of like where Steve Coogan is is bankrolling the whole thing. And he kind of like keeps like because being the the more, I guess, you know, having yeah. more mainstream success. Yeah, he would have the uh, bigger bank account, at least from what I'm assuming. And, you know, these characters are the type where I could totally see him. Uh, you know, kind of like, you know, kept bringing that up every every now and again, lording um, it over him. Yeah, yeah, yeah just and, just being like, oh, that came out of the Tropic Thunder. Uh, yeah, <laughs> cache. Uh, so I think that um, I, that's the only way I could see this happening again. If it's like extremely, 
you know, aware of the 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 bucket list. Like if the bucket list was a movie in the universe of the other of the movie that we're talking about, uh, if it's played for comedy and also it's just like I was waiting for Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman while they're just like, I don't know, in Nepal or something to just start doing dueling Michael Caines like you know, Morgan Freeman's like, well, I worked with him on blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the Christopher <laughs> Nolan movies, you know, it's just like you're waiting for that to happen. So that that's that's what I would do. And I'm that's serious. I idea. would love to see that. Thank that you. is a great idea. That would really <laughs> I think that would really work well. Um, you know, just thinking of other things like in the past, um, one of my favorite all time in in the, our 105 episode history your suggestion of throw mama from the train as a um curb your enthusiasm season oh, plot yeah <laughs> i mean this could be this could be another one what if larry and and leon you know oh my god i would see that's another pairing i would love to see yeah but just like yeah. doing it like that and yeah i think doing something like that would be would uh would be a lot that of would fun. be a fun season of curb that really would uh yeah it, wow um <laughs> although i can't imagine them growing as people as a result um no but it would be funny to see them kind of come close and then step back from the edge <laughs> or what it, or maybe it does have that impact on leon maybe it does change him and he you know sees the world differently and then it, I don't know. Something happens where he goes back to his old self. <laughs> God, it, what a great character. It could work. So, so, all right. So there's, there's some potential here. Okay. So, yeah. uh, all right. Well, we, we are continuing on with our month of, we don't have a clever name for this, of the, for this month, but it's, you know, uh, where the movies, the movie titles have entered modern vernacular and, uh, Dan, do you want to tell everyone what the next one is? The next one is kind of a twist. The next one, yeah, it's kind of a twist. So, and it's, uh, you know, 10 years earlier, 1997, a Best Picture nominee of that year, The Full Monty. Yeah, one that it's a twist because the term existed, but its meaning changed after this movie came out. Yeah. To mean in the buff. Full, full on, full frontal nudity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I remember seeing it, you know, VHS or HBO or some other three letter acronym. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to checking it out again. Yeah, it's been that's a the, while. That's the best and... thing about this podcast is getting to see things that I haven't seen in a while or maybe haven't seen before, like Gabriel of the White House or The Bucket List, which I can now check off my bucket list. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. So yeah. Well, Dan, uh, as you are traveling with with your hospital roommate around the world, I wish you a good journey. Good journey. <laughs>